We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Ben Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. This programme has been called A Bottomless Well of Humour, so this week we're plumbing the depths again. Our plumbers are Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton on my right. <laughs> Graham Garden and Mike Harding on my left. Not forgetting, of course, our topless scorer, Samantha. By the way, since Mike hasn't been on the programme for a couple of series, I'm giving him ten bonus points. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm giving the others twenty bonus points. <laughs> Incidentally, many keen followers of this programme will be wondering why our fourth regular of many years, Barry Cryer, is absent from the series so far. Barry is, I'm sorry to say, off-sick with a complaint which good taste and the spectre of Lord Reith forbids me to specify. But if you're listening, Barry, get well soon. I hope you're sitting comfortably, but I doubt it. <laughs> we start with a round called uh, Strange Bedfellows. In this round, I shall be asking our teams for some odd married couples, and I shall award marks for wit and tastelessness in reverse order. <laughs> Peggy and Geoffrey Archer. One of, them owns the, one of them owns the bull, and the other one uh, promotes it. Mike. Uh, doctor, an old man steptoe. One of them produces test tube babies and the other gets the money back on the empty. <laughs> Willie. Two interesting couplings from morning television. Randolph and Selina Scott <laughs> and Legs and Ann Diamond. <laughs> Graham. Leslie and Raquel Welsh. Remember Leslie Welsh? The, I remember the memory man. Or the mammary man in this case. <laughs> People of the same vintage, Mike and Gilbert Harding. <laughs> <laughs> Only a rumour that was. Yeah. Bill and Tony Ben. <laughs> James and Brooke Bond. And the last one I got was Rajiv and Goosey Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> one lays the eggs, the other curries them. Which... <laughs> Hope Barry's feeling better. Right. This is the point where I give the team's advance warning of the late arrivals that they'll be announcing later on in the programme. This week we'll be asking them to announce the late arrivals at the Travellers' Ball. The Travellers' Ball. OK, well now, teams, I'm going to ask you to make up some limericks that are suitable for broadcasting, so this should be a pretty short round. I'll give you the first line, and then you take one line each. And we're going to start with you, Graham Garden. As I licked the marge off my crumpet... <laughs> As Humph licked the marge off his <laughs> crumpet, he rubbed Vaseline on his trumpet. <laughs> he said, Do you fancy a blow? <laughs> she said, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> he said, Well, you can like it or lump it. <laughs> You've very nearly lost all the available marks. 
Timbrook Taylor, here's a starter for you. A bouncy page three girl called Sam. A bouncy page three girl called Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, said for clothing, I give not a damn. To be totally bare, she shaved off her hair. <laughs> And now she's the king of Siam. <laughs> okay, now, Mike, here's a start of you. A bishop and I shared a gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> careful. Oh, careful, careful here. Yeah. A bishop and I shared a gherkin as we knocked back the ale by the firkin. Oh, clever, clever. Right. Get out he of that said, one. during confessions... I do farmyard impressions. <laughs> well, it's better than working. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Willie Rushton. A horny young owl in the zoo. A horny young owl in a zoo. Fell in love with a gay caribou. <laughs> he slipped out one night. In search of delight. <laughs> Saying, do you fancy an odd cockatoo? <laughs> well, Mike wins that round. Well done, Mike. And, uh, as you all know, we're not allowed to play Mornington Crescent at present, but we're delighted that so many people have <clears throat> objected to the government's ban on the game. Indeed, this Sunday there's a march in support of the game... It's leaving Regent Street and following the route you'd have to follow if you were playing Fulbright's Gambit. <laughs> so they should reach Mornington Crescent by Thursday. <laughs> if you want to join them on the route, just remember Fulbright and you can't go wrong. Although we can't play the game itself, we can play the French person, which is Mornington, Mornington Croissant. And uh, it's the game based, of course, on the metro system in Newcastle. Okay, teams? All right, we'll start with you, as you're so quick tonight, Timbrook Taylor. Tuileries pet. <laughs> it's mean, isn't it? Um, mm. Sounds like yeah, it. Tuileries pet. Let me just think. Tuileries pet. Well, you had gone down from Tuileries pet, and you didn't gone on to uh, the Reeve Gauche, like. <laughs> Will it be the Reeve Gauche? I can tune up for this. Really beer. Yes, pig ale. Pig ale. Why, aye? You can have a vichy on a little dishy. Why, aye? With the beer. Um, Avenue Pia. Just sort of Jarrow Sparrow. Uh, Avenue Pier. Um, well, you can gun on there to the roost was on Neuf. Very rude. Yeah. The Montparnasse. Place de la Concorde. Uh, oh, ooh. could have been a mistake. Mm. Mornington Croissant. Ah! Well, as you spotted there, Graham knew that he'd made a false move as soon as the words left his mouth there. 
that's the I game. tried to stop him, but he's too yes. late. Yeah, no. Well, that's it. That's he's got his dance into it, and he wasn't letting go. Yeah, that's that's it. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going on to a round called Sounds Peculiar. I'm going to play in a few bizarre sound effects, and I want you to tell me what you think they are, teams. We'll start with you, Graham Garden. Here's your sound. Sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I thought, going in for a checkup. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you what it really was? Was rubber involved? Yes, um, please. You know, right. Tim, here's your sound coming up now. <laughs> An inarticulated Annie Lorry travelling down the M25 and falling down one of the large cracks as the pier. <laughs> <coughs> That's it. That's it. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Oh. Mike, here's your sound. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York. It was a 500cc Norton on Lawrence Olivier. Oh, no. uh, Moby, Moby, Richard the Third, Moby Dick. <laughs> well, you got there in the end. Well done, <laughs> Willie Rushton. I could have sworn it was the loveliest Samantha blowing up her inflatable Frank Bruno. Then her lip went. Okay, well done, Willie. This round's called Fourth Bridge, Deems. It's a new one, which brings in our pianist Colin Sell, who has a septic thumb this week. Oh. Can we see it, please? He never uses it. I mention this in case those listening at home notice a dramatic improvement in his playing <laughs> and wonder what's happened. Pump, I'd like to play my joker, please. Tim Brooktail is playing his joker. <laughs> right, terrible decision. Okay, it's a musical I'd, game. Uh, I'd like to play Tim's joker too. <laughs> right, it's a musical game called Fourth Bridge. I shall ask each team to sing a song but omit to sing every fourth word. Ten winners and none at all to Tim and Willie. We'll start with Tim and Willie now. Would you sing the Camptown Races, please? The Camptown ladies, this song, do-da, do-da, racetrack, five miles, oh, do-da. I came down with my hat in do-da, da. I go back home with fucking day, Day. 
pretty good effort, but I have an idea that uh, Graham and Mike are going to do a bit better. You're going to sing Fly Me to the Moon. Fly me to the moon, let me amongst those stars. Me see what is like on and Mars in words. Hold my <laughs> in other words, kiss me, kiss me. Well, according to our lovely scorer, Samantha, uh, Graham and Mike made one mistake, and Tim and Millie made... Uh, and Tim and Millie... <laughs> Tim and Willie made 18, so... Audrey. It makes them the winners, and we go on now for word for word. In this round, one of the members of a team says a word, and his partner must say another word, totally unconnected with the first, and so on. The other team may challenge and try to prove a connection. We'll start with you, Tim and Willie. And we'll start specifically with you, Willie Rushton. Geriatric. Sorry, I'm... <laughs> Millie. Mike. Challenge that from Mike Harding. I know a geriatric called Millie. If we don't, so... <laughs> no, we can carry on, carry on. Bomb. Carpet. Challenge there from Graham Garden. Yes, there's a new carpet here in the Paris, and it cost a bomb. True. The audience didn't think much of it, nor did I. No. <laughs> Carry on. Tim. Cradle. Ox. Moustache. Egg. Fruit. Elk. Jump. Bridge. Manganese. I'm trying to make it easy for us. <laughs> Battle horn. Custard. Last stand. Challenge, thank God. For... Graham Gardner, challenge. Yes. Um... We were fed up. B battle horn. Yes, that, that was, was it. That we was, were that fed was up. On, on the grounds of boredom, sir. But also, there's a connection. Battle horn's last stand, I thought. And big custard. Yes. All right, then. You, you start uh, with a word, Graham Garden. Ripe. Lymphocyte. <laughs> boot. Gibberish. Other boot. Challenge that from Tim. Total gibberish that's been talked so far. Every single word. Yeah, it's meant to be. Oh, that's sorry. The point of the game, Tim. Oh, I see. Sorry. Fair enough. So carry on. Graham. Shoe. Succulent. It's well known in certain parts of the East. They eat shoes. <laughs> Very nice, too. A delicacy. Sweet massage boot. Which you earlier mentioned as well. If you're lucky enough to come by. Yes. Okay, well done. We'll each start up a word on your side. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Ashtray. Loom. Mashy niblick. Trumpet. Light. Breath. Oh, dear, we never said that. Oh, there. Comes from Mike. You can have light breath as well as heavy breathing, can't you? Right. Start, start up with the word, Mike. Okay, scratch. 
Metal. Tree. <laughs> Leaf. Wednesday. Thursday. <laughs> no, they're different days, different, aren't they? Totally they, different. they both said Wednesday. Gymnasium. Athlete. Ice cream. Cone. Saturday. <laughs> Night fever. John. Toilet. Tolpuddle. Martyr. Rumbling Rose of the Wildwood. Ah, oh, challenge from me. The, and the martyrdom of Rambling Rose. St. Rambling Rose, that would be, who was martyred in Tall Puddle. And their lead singer was John Toilet. <laughs> the next game's called Stick to the Script. <laughs> Each team will perform a famous scene from a play or film, and the other team must buzz if they think they've veered from the original. This is going to be great fun. <laughs> We're going to start with you, Mike and Graham. Would you give us the scene in Hamlet where Polonius eavesdrops on Hamlet and the Queen? We start with Polonius. <laughs> <laughs> he will come straight. Oh, wow. Look. <laughs> Look, you lay hold. The challenge from Tim. Yes, why is he got a parrot on his shoulder? Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's Long it John Polonius. The U.R. It's Long John Polonius from the very first <laughs> folio. Oh, ah. fair enough. Well, played by Sir Bernard Miles in 1603. <laughs> okay, carry on. I'll silence me in here. Pray you be round with him. Hamlet within. Hey up, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> the new Hinny pet. First folio, is it? Yeah. Yes. Can't argue with it. I warrant you, fear me not. Withdraw, I hear him coming. Just the parrot again. Yes. <laughs> Polonius goes behind the arras. <laughs> Not for the first nice time. Arras. <laughs> nice arras. 180. <laughs> Enter Hamlet. Now, mother, what's up? <laughs> Hamlet, thou hast thy father much offended. Mother, he's always like that when he loses at trivial pursuits. <laughs> come, come. No, by the rude, not so. You are the queen, your husband's brother's wife, your uncle's niece, your grandfather's daughter, and the maid who won first prize at the tart lurching contest in 1603 in Elsinore. The same. <laughs> I had to learn that bit when I was at school. Oh, I remember God, that. Take like that. And sit thee down, sirrah. You shall not budge. What, wilt? Thou do. <laughs> Thou wilt not murder me. Help, help. Ho. It's a whirling dervish. Yep. <laughs> Polonius behind. What? What? Oh! Help! Bird help! Right help! Again. How now, a rat draws. <laughs> Dead for a ducat. Dead makes a pass through the arras. Good penis. <laughs> <laughs> Graham and Mike went unchallenged through the whole of the last part of that, yeah. so they're way ahead on points. We're going over to you, Tim and Willie. I want you to do the scene in The Importance of Being Earnest, where Lady Bracknell quizzes Jack Worthing about his parentage. Famous scene. I'm Jack. The late Mr. Thomas Cardew Robinson, an old gentleman of enormous depravity and disgusting habits, found me and gave me the name of Torremolinos. <laughs> because he had... Challenge from Mike Hart. It was Torquay. <laughs> not Torrey Molinas, he was called Torquay in the original. No, not what I've got here. Uh, yeah. no. 
because... I mean, it goes on to explain. Because he happened to have a first-class ticket for Torremolinos in his pocket at the time. See? Torremolinos is a place in Sussex. <laughs> it is a seaside resort. Where did the charitable gentleman of such depravity who had the first-class ticket for this seaside resort find you, Rastus? <laughs> in a handbag. Uh, hang glider? <laughs> yes, Lady Bracknell. I, I was in a hang glider, a, a somewhat large black leather hang glider <laughs> with handles to it. A, an ordinary hang glider, in fact. In what locality did Mr. James or Thomas Cardew Robinson Crusoe come across his ordinary <laughs> hang glider? In the cloakroom at Gatwick Airport. <laughs> Given to him in mistake for his own. The cloakroom at Gatwick Airport? No. <laughs> the lavatory on the Oriental Express. The Oriental Express sucks, Mr. Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> left me absolutely speechless and breathless. <laughs> we have a round called an ad-lib poem. As you know, those of you listening at home and those of you in the studio, I'm going to give someone the first line of a poem and they continue until I buzz them like that and the next person continues. And the first line this time is going to go to you, Tim Brooke Taylor. Uh, yes, play up, play up and play the game. It's only tiddlywinks. Play up, play up and play the game. It's only tiddlywinks. That is what my teacher said. He said, Remember the Sphinx? <laughs> the Sphinx in Egypt. That large piece of masonry. The sort of... Easy. Now I remember the Sphinx better than he thinks. Because I'd been there and seen it facing me. <laughs> Twas on one of them days when the wind howls up from Cairo. I'd... The wind comes up. Camels look extraordinarily like Sparrow. Agnew, if you remember. The late lamented vice president. Who had nothing to do with Egypt. He was not even a resident. <laughs> Abdullah the guide took me out one day to the pyramid of Cheops. We <laughs> went by camel. You could hear it go clip Cheops. <laughs> the pharaoh's daughter, she was there, <laughs> looking very flushed. She'd been bending down by the water's edge and been suddenly bulrushed. That one goes to Mike Harding. So this is the point of the programme where I take a rest so that you can announce the late arrivals at the Travellers' Ball. Mr. and Mrs. Legend and her son Trevor Legend. <laughs> Space Travellers, will you welcome Mr. and Mrs. Control and their daughter Sean? Miss Sean Control. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Stim Control and their son Hugh. 
Mr. and Mrs. Paloma Blanca and their daughter Una. <laughs> Welcome the rather aged Mr. and Mrs. Chair and their hermaphrodite child, Sid Ann Chair. <laughs> and his her oriental friend, Rickshaw. <laughs> the Drive family, with their son, Phil A. Drive. Phil A. Drive holidays, you gormous truck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you talk proper? <laughs> Can't you go on <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ewing and their mother, the stripper, Nude Ellie. Mr. and Mrs. Waititit <laughs> and their Spanish cousin, Juan Waititit. <laughs> and then we've got the Chinese restaurateur who's come over to see how things are doing. Why are you puking? <laughs> Some people suffering the same complaints. Mr. Del E. Belly. <laughs> By rail, just arrived, it's Mr. and Mrs. Getting There and their daughter Vera Getting There. <laughs> Goes like the clappers, better known as the Horiental Express. <laughs> the Italian family insulted my sister and their abrasive son. You insulted my sister. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Do the world in 80 days and their son... Aaron, the world related. <laughs> Mr. Mrs. by passengers and their son stand by passengers. <laughs> Mr. And Mrs. Narman Oleg and their Greek cousin Costa Narman Oleg. <laughs> and of course, the Greek family Gander in your case, their Arabic cousin Mustafa Gander in your case. <laughs> Northern Ireland, Mr. and Mrs. Thing to Declare, and their daughter, Anything to Declare. <laughs> and of course, there's the um, Peruvian family, the Assatak family. Of course, there is. And their son, Billy Assatak. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Pelago, and their son from Athens, Greek Archie Pelago. Well, well with the teams. Well, there's Mr. and Mrs. Veneer, and their daughter, Sue Veneer. <laughs> Well, isn't it the way it always happens? With the scores finely balanced, we've run out of time. <laughs> so it's goodbye from the teams and me, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden, Mike Harding and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. <laughs> Last week, you may have heard my colleague Susan Ray reveal that some time ago I was, in fact, lucky enough to be selected to play Mornington Crescent for my country. Well, since then, we've had hundreds of letters from you asking how you can be considered for the national team. Well, first of all, you have to register with the Mornington Crescent Amateur Playing Association, and then it's up to you. Their address, by the way, if you want to write to them, is no longer the one they used to have.